What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. First touch, the crowd erupts here. (laughs) There's the lob to Ingram, and that's what Lonzo Ball does. Well, we're going to see a lot of those two hooking up. everybody welcome to the lakers legacy where although there is no action in free agency for the lakers there is actual basketball action for the lakers as it is summer league time in las vegas and man it is sold out all over the place for the lakers and i know that's usually the case but this year in particular it is sold out in advance of the actual day and that is the big baller lonzo ball effect that is the lakers effect that's the magic johnson rob palinka effect and yeah 
Tonight, we're going to review Game 1 first of the Lakers Summer League versus the Clippers, and then Game 2 shortly after. As usual, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us, that is how many hezzy pull-up jimbos Lonzo Ball will learn how to do this next season, because we would definitely like him to add that HPJ to his offensive repertoire. Uh, So yeah, please rate and review us on iTunes. But Alan... I'm going to describe Lonzo Ball's microcosm of a game in 10-second noises. Like, not not words. Just, like, unintelligible noises? Yeah, un- unintelligible okay. noises. Okay. So 10 seconds, and then you're going to do the same for Brandon Ingram. It should be a little easier for you <laughs> for game one. All right, ready? Here is my audible representation of Lonzo Ball's game one. Ooh, yeah! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, ooh, ooh, uh, oh, okay, th- three, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, um, uh, uh-oh, ooh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the last one, wow, <laughs> here we go, here we go, Brandon Ingram. I think this can be a little shorter, but go ahead. Okay, a little bit shorter. Oh, 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 oh. Oh yeah! Oh, 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 oh my! Oh, oh, oh. yeah! Woo, woo! Yeah. Okay, that's it. And then, and then, oh, oh crap! Oh crap! Oh, oh, he's okay. It's okay. I know those are words, not noises, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So that ends the unintelligible portion of the the episode. We're really sorry if this is your first time listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a great exercise. No, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. We're going to keep doing it. Yeah, so, okay, so let's get into game one. Let's start with that first Lonzo ball to Brandon Ingram play, and then we can get into the individual players, because as we both started off our audible experience, it was lit, man. It was lit. That was one of those plays where that was literally the first possession of the Lakers. Uh, Lonzo Ball gets the ball back off a, off a screen, you know, left wing of the three-point line. And as Luke Walton has been apt to do during the season, called an alley-oop play for Brandon Ingram. And Lonzo Ball just threw it up there, perfect precision, and Brandon Ingram jammed it down, even with the defender trailing him and knowing that it might be coming. What were your thoughts when you saw that play go down? Because for me, it was one of those like watershed watermark moments where I was like, oh yeah, let me stay in this moment forever, please. Because ball to Ingram, that's what we're going to be seeing forever. And for that to be the first play, I mean, it was lit. So what about you? Um, Yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth. It was lit. Um, I think Rob Palenka called it magical. So I don't know if he was trying to throw a pun in there involving Magic Johnson, but I would agree. It absolutely was. Props to uh, Judd Bushler for drawing that play up just to start things off. And yeah, man, I I was absolutely stoked. I jumped off my sofa and screamed with both of my fists raised in the air. That was a North Star kind of pass by Lonzo Ball, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be our North Star. Plays like that. That's our North Star. Yep. So that obviously set the tone for the Lakers. And in the first half, 
the Lakers looked amazing. The ball was whizzing. The passing was contagious. Lonzo Ball was a catalyst to that most of the time, especially in transition. He'd be moving the ball. There was that one play where in transition, Lonzo Ball kind of did that thing where he like jumps really high in the air and then quickly passes it. He passed it to Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram with a quick touch pass to Zubats for the lay-in all in transition. The ball never touched the so ground you know, once. You know what that's going to be called? You know what that's going to be called now? What? So that was Zoe to B.I. to Zoo, right? So that's Zobi Zoo. <laughs> the Zobi Zoo connection. There you go. The, the, the Zobi Zoo connection. So, but yeah, no, like you said, Zoe had the, uh, the hockey assist right there to B.I. and then he got it to Zoo and he laid it in nicely. So yeah, man, I was thinking at that point, oh my God, this is like the first 90 seconds, seconds of this game. I cannot wait to watch us blow the Clippers out tonight because this is all it's going to be all night, whether it's coming off a make or a miss. Yeah, and the the guys were just, you know, whether it was Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Thomas Bryant, Josh Hart, the guys were really just getting the ball out of their hands like a hot potato, didn't feel the need to over dribble, didn't feel the need to dribble at all sometimes. And the the pace was was amazing for the Lakers. And for the first half, at least, the Lakers were playing some amazing basketball, the type of basketball you want to see, really, where where everybody's sharing the ball, it's contagious, and you're getting good looks and good shots most of the time, and the pace is fast, exactly how Luke would want to play. And like I said, a lot of that was led off by Lonzo Ball. So we can go straight down the line here. Let's start with Brandon Ingram, because Woo Boy, oh my, my God. Who is that man no, out Brandon there? Brandon <laughs> Ingram is that dude. Brandon Ingram is that dude. I mean, 26 <laughs> points on 9 for 16, 9 for 17 shooting. Three assists, three steals, two blocks. I mean, literally, Brandon Ingram put on the full repertoire of his offensive arsenal tonight. Actually, the full repertoire of any great NBA player tonight. The only thing that was missing was probably a poster dunk off the dribble because he had the alley-oop dunk. He had the hezzy shake into the reverse layup. He had the let me bump my guy with my arm, my chicken arm elbow, and then hit the jump shot in his face. I got the turnaround jump shot on the baseline like I usually do. I got the wide open three-pointer. I got the weird hesitation moves and take driving it into the baseline and then just flipping up an awkward shot, but it still goes in. I'm hitting my free throws and my shot looks oh, more yeah. my shot looks more compact. It's not like loosey goosey and just I'm not palming the ball anymore. It looks like there's a lot more control and touch in that shot. And Brandon Ingram was so freaking impressive. I mean, it was clear that he was a man amongst boys, even though he's one of the youngest players still out there on the court at 19, you know? So what a difference a year makes. And actually, if you take it back to the end of this past season with the Lakers, I mean, we kind of saw this coming, but he even still looked more impressive than I thought he would be. He was just so aggressive. I think the mentality was the biggest thing, right? We saw glimpses of it at the end, but literally every time he acted like he was Kobe Bryant, he was like, yo, I don't care. I'm going to start shaking and baking with this dribble right here, pulling these hezzy moves. And then obviously the play of the game, for Brandon Ingram was the clutch crossover layup, right? The crossover into the gather, into the you know sick. stretch Armstrong layup. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So yeah, what did you think of Brandon Ingram? Well, first thing I noticed, and you know, we've been seeing little clips here and there of all of them at practice, and he's wearing like those those gray t-shirts or whatever. So you can't really tell how his body is transformed. But even in those, I was like, he looks like he's filling it out more with his chest and his shoulders and his back. And today, just wearing like a regular type jersey, you can tell how much bigger he is. And it's not just his upper body. His legs are, his calves are so much bigger than before. 
<clears throat> and you can really see how much more explosive he is, how much more dynamic his play is, simply because um, his body has has really transformed just since April, which is insane to think. You mm-hmm. know, it's only been about two and a half months, and physically he looks completely different. Luke's brought up that he thinks that he's like grown an inch too. And, oh he, and it looks gosh. like he that's, has. I mean, it makes sense. He's only 19 years old. You know, you could grow till you're 21. So that's very possible. And he even had the quote that he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get to Kevin Durant's length. So he's at 6'10 now. So yeah, two more inches. Here we go. Dude, you, keep, keep hanging from those pull-up bars, tie some kettlebells to your ankles, and he <laughs> might get that length. But um, yeah, like I, I totally agree with his mentality. There are so many moments where he's on the bench and he's clapping his hands, you know, profusely, like he's trying to split them open and he's yelling at guys and like getting in their faces, like in a, in a very encouraging way. So he just seems like a totally different guy. He tweeted something the other day. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something along the lines of, I'm going to get back to me being me, mm. you know, and you could tell what he means by that is he's going to be a leader. He's going to assert himself. And uh, he just seems so much more comfortable in his own skin. And that makes sense. I mean, you, you do anything for one year and you're going to feel a lot more comfortable. And the fact that our front office and the coaching staff has instilled so much confidence in him, you know, that's, that's why he feels the way he does right now. And it was just so encouraging to see him <clears throat> really, you know, take things in, into his own hands today. Um, like you said, he was showing a full array of moves today. I mean, his signature move, one of them, is starting to look like it's his baseline drive up and under reverse yep. with contact and converting it and then making the free throw, you know? Um, he's got real strong first step. He's very decisive. All of his like, his jab steps and his ball handling, everything looks so crisp and yep. sharp at this point. And uh, there's, there's no hesitation. There's no overthinking things at this point. Um, there are a couple times he... I was going to say, there were a couple times he drove in a traffic where he it got a little weird, but that was because the Clippers' defense adjusted to him. Like, they were triple-teaming him by the end of the game. So that in and of itself is like, that's a compliment. Yeah. And when he's on a team full of NBA players, obviously in those situations, he's going to have a lot of options. He can use his vision. He'll pass it out. He's not going to get stuck in traffic like he was today. But um, I, I would say this possibly exceeded my expectations for what I wanted to see from brand. Like, you know, we all have high expectations and we're like, Oh yeah, he's going to like dominate this thing. But tonight was just like a different level. So it was, it was really, really good to see. I'm very happy for him. Well, I actually, before this year, I don't think we saw very many, if at all, up and under layups by him, right? And tonight, he, you know, he had that, no, one no. of his first moves was where he, like, faced up like Kobe, and then he swung through, and then quick first step yep. into the baseline, and then up and under, and I was like, okay, I haven't seen that move before. And then, like you said, it just looked like he was very, all of a sudden, the most fluid I've ever seen him move around the court. Like he could get to whatever spot he wanted. He had that other move where he just like dribbled left from the baseline, gathered the ball, and then, you know, did that finger roll into the right hand. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's like a George Gervin yeah. type thing that you always, you know, that <clears throat> you like hear about. It's like a like a legend, like a mythical thing, and that's totally what it was. And because he's so long, he can make these gathers from literally anywhere and still find a way to get up a good shot because the end point of yeah. where he gathers is going to be... Near the basket anyways so that's that kevin durant 
Giannis Antetokounmpo type Oh, totally. Thing, yeah. And you know, the uh, the up and under he had at the second half, you kind of described it, was even more impressive than the first half where he's at the three, he's literally at the three-point line. Uh, he sees the double coming, Zubat sets the screen, and he takes two guys and races to the baseline up and under for the and one. I mean, it, it was incredible seeing that. And then you brought up how he was like, I'm gonna do me. Well, guess what? play looked the most like Brandon Ingram when he was at Duke. It's that play at the top of the key where he took the guy one-on-one, you know, it was like at the three-point yeah. line, and then he did the hezzy cross, which he always did at Duke, you know? And, and I think the exactly. thing with, with Brandon Ingram that sets him apart is it kind of looks like he's out of control, and his body, his gangly legs and arms are going all over the place, but with him, even though it looks out of control to the naked eye, for him, he has just like such sound soundness when he gathers the ball that it doesn't matter you know like he always gathers and then is able to like make another move right after that and he did that with the uh hezzy cross into the layup it wasn't like a a fluid one motion layup it was like nope i'm gonna hop step gather and then like go up again with it so yeah exactly it's like slightly herky jerky but like you said very much under control yeah and so very impressive for Brandon Ingram. We didn't even bring up his defense. I mean, that steal at the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, oh my dude. gosh. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Using that that KD length that apparently he's uh, growing into at this point. Yeah, and then he had a he had a block on a guy's jump shot in the mid-range. I mean, the dude was fired up, like you said, but none, none more so than that end steal where he called timeout and he was like, yo, that's a foul. Or, you know, yeah. like, that's, that's timeout. Yep. Let's go. I think he was asking for the foul, too, actually. Yeah, very, very impressive from Brandon Ingram. Thank God that was only a cramp. He almost made that jump shot at the end to win the game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was just a cramp. I will say, even with his improved play, he just scares me the way he moves. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of limbs flying around, and I'm like, ooh, can we, like, put you in a hazmat suit? Because sometimes I'm just scared. The way, <laughs> the way that you're able to contort your body is really good. But also, it scares me a little bit. I mean, it's, it's clear he thankfully has a little. Thankfully, those limbs are thankfully those limbs are getting a little beefier at this point. Yeah, for sure. There were times when he went like uh, he was getting bullied still, but I think more right. so than last year. You add the mentality and, and a little bit more of strength, and it like makes a world of difference in terms of him attacking. He just kept attacking, attacking, no fear. And Brandon Ingram, MVP of Game One for sure, to the point where people are like, "All right, shut him down. He do- he doesn't belong here." I mean, which is good to see. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, because he even said like, "Yeah, I don't know how many games I'm gonna play, but probably like three or something." But at this point, it's like, "Yeah, what's the point?" Yeah, and I mean, it's good to see because you know Jalen Brown was killing it in his first game in summer league too, and so to have a game like this kind of validates what we saw at the end of the end of the season for him so amazing for Brandon Ingram Brandon Ingram is that dude I don't even know what that means but I just keep saying it it sounds snappy so he is that dude (laughs) and that's why he was untouchable and we didn't trade him for Paul George so thank god so let's move on to this year's number two pick Lonzo Ball so as we said first half if you just took Lonzo Ball's first half very very solid I was very comfortable with him on the floor was comfortable with him dribbling the ball, initiating the offense. Anytime he had the ball in his hands, I felt perfectly secure and knew that the offense was going to be humming just fine. From the first play on, when he threw that perfect zip line pass to Ingram, to him just leading the break and then, you know, throwing those hockey assists, I thought he did a really good job. Every time he was on the court, the team seemed to be in control and in the flow of everything. Now, the second half was a different story. He had that nice put back in the first half, obviously, but the second half was when the team, when the defense was starting to sag on him and he was trying to take those three point shots, 
I mean, his shot was literally everywhere. Um, he did hit that one three-pointer where they where, where they sagged on him and he finally decided to take it with confidence, switched that one. But outside of that, his shot was was everywhere tonight. He was one for 11 from three. It's a good thing he kept shooting because at the end there, he did have wide open shots. He just missed them. The unfortunate part about the misses is none of them were particularly close. Um, two for 15 overall. He did have five assists. Five points, five assists, four rebounds, two steals, one block. So on the defensive end, even though there were times where he got kind of lost and had his man beating him, and sometimes, you know, Kendall Marshall was giving him the business, which is not great, he did have a couple steals and a couple blocks that really, you know, got the Lakers off on the fast break. Um, so that was good. His active hands and uh, him knowing how to, you know, get into the passing lanes was great. But in terms of his overall game for me offensively, I'm not even worried about the three-point shooting, actually. Like, I'm glad he took those shots, as LeVar Ball said. I'm glad he's taking those shots. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he does need to shore that up, though, because his misses were, like, literally all over the place. So it's clear it's going to take some adjusting to the NBA three-point line, even just the optics of it. I know he took NBA-level three-pointers in college, but it's still different. But most of all, I think I was most disappointed by his, uh, like, we. I mean, it's not like we're this is a surprise to us. We knew this coming into it, but it was just a little more glaring because in summer league, you wouldn't think it would be highlighted to this extent in terms of pick and roll, right? Uh, every time he was put in a pick and roll or a situation where it was him off the dribble, uh, he could not do anything with it. I think there was a play where he was switched, uh, Bryce Johnson switched onto him and he tried to take him off the dribble to no avail. Like he pretty much dribbled it back out and that was it. There was another play where he, dribble it right into the lane he could have had a layup could have had a dunk and he passed it out for some reason to Travis Ware at the baseline I was like what are you doing the good thing is the next play down he took the shot he just missed the layup but I mean when it comes to off off the ball creation offense from Lonzo Ball and dribbling off his own accord that it was pretty much non-existent tonight and that was a little bit unfortunate so yeah what did you think of Lonzo Ball it was a mixed bag like I said if he took the first half into consideration or just the first half you would have said very solid debut was doing everything wasn't forcing anything and then the second half it was like yeah exactly um obviously the things that we like best were was his ability to just push the ball to the floor um doesn't matter if it's on if it's a make or a miss even after one of the Clippers made a free throw you know, and the ball got inbounded to him, he pushed it all the way up the floor. Uh, I think it was to Nawaba. And then um, that was just basically the entire first half was him pushing it up the floor, which is great because you your defense, uh, you know, was caught off guard at that point. You're going to get some easy buckets or you're going to get fouls. So at that point, I'm like, okay, this is exactly how he looked at UCLA. Uh, as everyone here knows, like I've watched pretty much every UCLA game this last year. So um, it was the same thing, just a different jersey. Um, as far as his defense goes, yeah, I mean, there were some moments for sure where he looked kind of lost out there. He got blown by and I mean, you know, Kendall Marshall, we all know is not the quickest card (laughs) in the world by any stretch. Like quick shouldn't even be in the same sentence as his name. I mean, he's like, he's an intelligent player, you know, if we're going to cut him a little slack and like, you know, he's, he's relatively crafty. If you want to compare him to like a poor man's Andre Miller, I guess, um, but yeah, Zoe just has to figure out, you know, defensive technique, at least just sliding his feet and that sort of thing. And, you know, positioning wasn't quite squared up to his man. And, you know, maybe it's because he's worried about getting caught in a pick or something like that. Um, and again, in college, they're not running a ton of pick and roll. So there's just some experience that needs to be had there. 
Um, like you said, though, he does absolutely use his length on defense. He could poke away some balls. Mm-hmm. He can block some shots on, you know, like weak side defense. And those are all things we've talked about before where his defensive instincts off ball uh, is really where he's going to excel. And just as far as that man-to-man defense, it's absolutely going to take some time. And, uh, you know, there are going to be some frustrating moments there, but thankfully we are anticipating that. Uh, as far as his shot goes, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it too much. Um, I mean, that's the shot that that's a shot he can make. Clearly, if you look at the percentages when he was in college from NBA range, he's drilling that shot um, at whatever it was, like 43% or something. And like you said, is different in the NBA, though, of course. Um, and they mentioned it tonight during the broadcast. He hasn't played a game since March 25th or whatever it is, you know. So in terms of like his rhythm, yeah, he, maybe he's going to be off. Now, other people would argue and be like, well, when was the last time Markel Fultz played a game? You know, he ended mm-hmm. the season hurt in True. Washington, and he came out in his debut. Uh, what about Jason Tatum at Duke? Like, it was, a, you know, it was all around the same time in the snat. And, I mean, I don't really have much, much of an argument there. Um, well, the argument is we knew those guys are offensive. Like, their offensive tools are far more advanced right. in terms of ISO. Yeah. yeah, as far as being scorers. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, and also, and we didn't really hear too much noise about this. I guess Zoe had a, an injury at some point over the last couple weeks, and... Um, you know, maybe he hasn't been able to get out there as much, but ultimately not too worried about it. It is one game. Like you said, LeVar made a good point. It's good that he's shooting that shot. Cause that's what the defense was giving him. It's worse if he just pounds the rock, like a Rajon Rondo, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Until there's like five seconds left on the shot clock. It's like, just shoot it, dude. Um, and I'm a lot more confident in his shooting than I would be Rajon Rondo's. Oh, for sure. Um, and I guess, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny to be saying this, but like LeVar made a good point. Like the team lost by three points tonight in overtime and Lonzo played pretty badly at the end of it. You know what I mean? It would be one thing if we lost by double digits and this also happened. Um, So, I mean, thank God for Brandon Ingram, (laughs) but uh, Lonzo set the tempo in the first half. He definitely set the tone for the, he helped set the tone for the game. Um, I'm not going to be down on him. Although a lot of people obviously will be at this point, um, those haters out there, and, and that's all right. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I keep harping back on is, and you know, people are going to say, get over it. I'm not going to get over it. He was at the game. I was like, oh my gosh, D'Angelo Russell should be out there right now helping this dude because <laughs> he would be the perfect compliment, not freaking Vander Blue or whatever. But I mean, <laughs> this is what we've been talking about, right? This is why you need a shot-creating, high-usage type player next to Lonzo Ball so that when... When he's lost out there, when he doesn't have the ability to break his man off the dribble and is getting cut off and everything, you have a guy like D'Angelo Russell who has a much wider repertoire and much versatile offensive game than him to take the slack off. And now I just feel bad because what happens when Brandon Ingram gets shut down and people are asking Lonzo Ball, take your, take your man off the dribble, take him, you know? And it's like, that's just not his that's game That's not right his now. game. And like, what's he going to do if he's Every now to- and then maybe he can exploit the defense like he did today, like two times, you yeah. know, at the end of the game, first one. Should have just shot the thing, whether you make it or not. Like, we'd be very happy with that instead of kicking it out. Second one, you know, he he missed it. He, like, kind of short-armed it or whatever. So it is what it is. But, uh, I mean, D'Angelo is <laughs> obviously very crafty. And in those situations, he's going to get a shot whether he makes it or not. He's going to get the shot. Yep. Lonzo, uh, I mean, you know, it's going to be a little while. Yeah, for sure. And, and the, the number one thing that's going to help him out is honestly just hit your wide-open shots. And that that's all you need to do. Hit your threes. Yeah, then the defense has to stay honest. Right. Exactly. Hit your threes. Keep passing the way you're passing. Maybe stop the jumping in the air and, like, passing it backwards yeah, to somebody. Yeah, a little bit of that. It's like M- NBA players are a lot 
taller and longer yeah. and can jump higher than in college. So you're probably not going to be able to throw that one through the wickets as often. Yeah, even the one to Zubats where Zubats is trailing him, that was his fault. That pass is really long, you know? So hopefully he cuts that down. Yeah. I, I, the, the other thing is right now, and I, it, it even took D'Angelo Russell like a year to finally get comfortable being aggressive and driving it in the lane and using a little bit more shake to his handle. Um, but I think even in college, D'Angelo had a little more shake and bake to him. But I hope eventually Lonzo Ball will be able to utilize that more and use a little bit more of like shifting gears and shifting his dribble. Yeah, and, Lonzo, know. exactly, exactly. Because Lonzo's fast, you know? Lonzo's very, very fast. That's going to be his tool. Maybe not not so much the handles, not yeah. so much the shakiness. Um, so yeah, hopefully he can play to his strengths. Because right now in the pick and roll, if you notice, anytime there was a screen and he tried to attack, literally... Once he's cut off the first time, that's it, you know? He'll, like, dribble it back out yeah. or try and pass it. That was done. There was no, like, maneuvering around the defense. You know how, like, they do those drills in basketball where they have the cones, right? And you're supposed to yep, use that yep. as, as defenders and kind of, like, snake through them. D'Angelo can do that. And right now, Lonzo Ball doesn't know how to get through those creases, so he'll just stop and dribble it back out or something like that or stop the play entirely. So I think that's where I'm like, ooh, okay, that's definitely something he has to work on in the pick and roll. So if you notice, all of his assists tonight either came in transition or in the flow of the offense where he's holding the ball up top right none of them came off the pick and roll and obviously none of his shot attempts came off the pick and roll because you know what you know what's one other interesting thing that uh i forgot to mention was the amount of post-ups that he had yeah that was interesting right i think he had three maybe three to four post-ups one of them he actually shot the turnaround jay and uh i mean it looked all right you know it looked pretty fluid it was maybe 18 feet out on the baseline he missed it but i'm totally happy with him taking that shot was not expecting it never saw him take that like one time at ucla and then uh the other two times he was posting up he was waiting for guys to dive to the basket zoo was on one of those um but you could imagine them running that set for sure um so the fact that again he took that shot and it looked okay um it would be really interesting and you know not to continue bringing up D'Angelo because I don't know it's it's weird like what other reference point do we have you right, know yeah, no. like D'Angelo did that a lot last year they posted him up and then it's like, okay you either take it or you pass it and um it looks like they're trying to work that in with Zoe's repertoire and that was very exciting to mm-hmm. me tonight and I could see that paying off huge dividends as far as him being able to uh, create in the half court for others. Well, that was D'Angelo Russell's, one of D'Angelo Russell's stronger points of his offensive game. Yeah, exactly. We're like, when have we seen a guy like that do this? It's Kobe Bryant, you know? Um, So Lonzo Ball, any sort of diversification right now to his offensive game will help. And, you know, like you said, even if he doesn't take that turnaround jump shot, just using his passing vision out of that post will help a lot um, because he is a taller point guard. So, you know, I'm not. I'm definitely not panicking. It's, it wasn't a good look. We kind of expected this. I guess we just didn't expect it to look this uh, shabby in terms of the shooting because he was wide open on a lot of those shots, right? I mean, you can look this on a bad end and a good end. The bad end, it's like eight of your three-point attempts were wide open and you missed them and some of them were really off. Or you could look at it from the positive perspective. Well, all you need to do is hit open shots. So that's not that hard to do, right? right. So, You know what, though? I, I would much rather him... Uh, just seeing his style and his game miss shots than have like a bunch of turnovers. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to pick one, it's like, okay, it's one of those days where to quote Phil Jackson, they will miss their shots. Um, and that's one thing. But as far as turnovers tonight, uh, he had three, you know, and he had five assists. And the thing is with him, the amount of assists that he has does not reflect the type of game he played tonight. 
All those hockey assists, you essentially have to count those. All the times where his outlet passes led to fouls or whatever, you got to count those. Times where a couple of teammates weren't ready to receive some passes, like Vanderblue at one point should have had one. Um, there are a couple other guys, same thing. So you look at all of that, and then you look, okay, three turnovers, and it's his first game ever, and he was moving the ball a lot. He had it in his hands. Um, that's extremely encouraging. So the shot, you know, hopefully it falls at some point. I, it will. It's just going to take a little bit of time, but I will take that over a crap ton of turnovers. Oh, no, that's a good point. Which is what you would expect from a rookie is a lot of turnovers. You know, it's like, oh, you used to be able to do that at UCLA. You can't do that here. And, you know, we never really felt that way tonight. At least I didn't. Right. And I think I, I do want to add something to the turnovers thing because I think this is something we should be tracking too. Because like you said, he did have a number of really good assists to guys who just didn't convert or a number of hockey assists to guys and they just weren't able to finish. With regards to the turnovers, there's another angle to that as well because I would also count the plays where he dribbles it into the lane and then has a shot but passes it out or like jumps on his feet okay. as a yeah. turnover. It's even a missed opportunity. Yeah, because there were a right. couple of times when he had the offense and scrambling because of a bad play that he made or a bad pass and we just somehow didn't turn the ball over and Brandon Ingram got it or the two very That's active fair. Bryant and Kuzma's got it you know so if you're a Laker fan I would also start tracking those just to see okay well when are the times where he just leaves his feet and if he could have just taken it to the hole instead that would have been a better option you know because that could be considered a turnover because the offense pretty much has to reset itself from there you know um, but yeah with that said I'm not going to freak out over Lonzo Ball um, if we just, if he only extended the first half to the second half, nobody would be complaining too much. And at the end of the day, just hit your open shots. You'll be fine. And I think if we had more transition opportunities where he's leading the break or even getting the pass, I mean, there are a couple of times where, you know, Vander Blue freaking could have thrown it up to him for a lob, um, that he could have easily yeah, converted. Absolutely. So if we had more of those, you know, his, his number, his line would have looked a lot better and I'm expecting it to against the Celtics when we review it right after this. So. Um, yeah, it's just going to take some time, guys. And yeah, that's it on Lonzo. I have no doubt that he's going to rebound. I will say, though, there obviously, I mean, we knew this was coming, right? The double standard between D'Angelo Russell and Lonzo Ball. People, I mean, people are killing Lonzo Ball today, but a lot more people are giving him a little bit more slack than they did D'Angelo Russell. And I just want to point out, you know, the one gripe people had on D'Angelo Russell last year was he settles too much for three-pointers, right? Well, sorry, guys, but uh, <laughs> get used to it with Lonzo Ball because he's going to have to work some kinks out with the rest of his offensive game. And right now, the easiest thing for him to do is just pull up for that three, especially if the defense is going to sag, you know, because he's not going to he's not like Rajon Rondo where he's, you know, he's going to start to actually dribble and shake and bake and like still take the defense and put it on his toes and keep the defense honest. Right. He's just going to take that shot. So until he like rounds out the rest of his game yeah sit back and relax i i expect lonzo to have many 10 three-point attempt games we're just hoping he hits at least four each game right so um yep, so yep. let's move on to the third best player of the night thomas bryant the second bryant um green mile you know he also looks like outside <laughs> outside of michael clark duncan he also looks like gary coleman a little you remember Gary Coleman, the small okay. little kid, the what you talking about, Willis, <laughs> from di different strokes. So he's like a combination of Michael Clark Duncan, just the complete opposite size. <laughs> yeah, the complete opposite size, and Gary Coleman, Thomas Bryant. What an active freak, dude! Thirteen points, five rebounds. He was everywhere. Hit a three. I mean, that was that was his first shot, right? Off the pop. I was like, yeah, ooh, yeah, so confident, yeah, no Thomas Bryant. At Look all. at that. It looked pure. so smooth. Looked so smooth. Could work on his free throws a little better. Was only four for seven, but that's okay. 
had a block. And the, the biggest thing for me is, you know, when we were reviewing Thomas Bryant, when we drafted him, we were like, oh, he kind of looks a little clunky, you know, but man, he looked very mobile, nope. athletic. <laughs> Not tonight. He looks like he lost a lot of weight too. Yeah. He looked way yeah, more yeah, mobile. He looked pretty darn agile out there. Like when he had that one save out of bounds. Yeah. Where he towed the baseline, didn't step out at all, and then made like a picture perfect pass out to the perimeter to save it. Um, yeah, dude, he, he looked a lot more mobile and, uh, I wouldn't go as far as say athletic, <laughs> but you know, he just looked a lot like his motor seems like it just was able to increase so many notches from how he looked in college. Ooh, I'll go as far as say athletic. Cause I thought he like his two yeah, dunks were okay, pretty amazing. Okay. Even that like put back jam. I was like, Ooh, that was nasty. And then that was nice. And that then the nice. Brandon Ingram, no look pass whip pass to him in transition for the like one handed yep, sledgehammer. Yep. I was like, Oh my God, this is too much goodness for me. Right. Too much litness. Yeah, man. He was, he was running that floor like a crazy person. Yeah. It was beautiful. I was like Zubats who like he's making Zubats look like a, like a I retired know, man. player. He kind of punked him tonight <laughs> he made Zubats look like Brad Miller to be honest I was like why is Zubats like a thousand times slower he's like putting up these soft ass shots and getting them thrown back at him Bryce Johnson just oh, destroyed him tonight. <laughs> he did he did but Thomas Bryant <laughs> did not back down dude he was so active he was tipping balls he was saving balls out of bounds and throwing it behind his back I was like wow the energy and motor on this kid is amazing he was fired up I mean he was literally lit and I was just very, very impressed by Thomas Bryant. And if he continues to shoot that three-point shot with confidence, oh my gosh, that seven, six-foot wingspan was on full display tonight. He was just impeding shots at the rim too. When him and Ingram are out there with their wingspans and all spread out like that, that's like tough to get around, you know? That's tough to shoot, shoot under and all that stuff. And yeah, you could just see it on full display. And when you add the athleticism and motor and just the hustle, I mean... Sky's the limit for Thomas Bryant. I don't know. Great second round pick out of nowhere. Something that we shouldn't have had. Totally agree. It it just gives you so many like flashbacks to Larry Nance's first Mm -hmm. summer league game a few years ago where the whole place is chanting Larry, Larry, Larry. Then you have Zubots last year who is like, who the heck is this freaking guy? And now we have Thomas Bryant who, seriously, man, he is just like, I don't, I'm trying to think of like a more energetic player we've had in the last few years, like the guy who's going to beat his chest and like start drooling all over the place yeah. and just go absolutely insane. And I don't know, man, just it, it's so refreshing to see a guy like that who second round draft pick, he, he's like playing for his life right now. It's the first game of summer league. And you would think it's the NBA finals, honestly, yeah. with the way that he was just showing his personality out there. And that is also contagious. You know, if you're a guy on the bench seeing that, or just one of his teammates in general, man, you can't help but want to play your freaking butt off. So that was uh, extremely good to see tonight. Super happy for him. And how many times do we say, this guy just has the tools to be a good defender, or the tools to be a good offensive player. He just needs to bring the attitude and the the mentality to it. Well, Thomas Bryant has the tools. He has the seven, six foot wingspan. So when you add that crazy, you know, hustle mentality and motor to everything else, it's just creates this whirling dervish Tasmanian devil like play where he's just tipping balls everywhere. Everything's active. And uh, yeah, it was just contagious for the Lakers. So it was really good to have him out there tonight. And I was I was very impressed by the second Bryant. Very efficient too. four (laughs) for five, 80 percent from the field. Uh, so let's move on to uh, let's let's do Josh Hart real quick. I know he had an unspectacular game; was only two for eight, but I still felt in control with him with the ball. Um, he had a a nice turnaround jump shot in the paint. He also had a nice and one layup with the left hand, I believe. So 
I expect to see more out of him. I'm not too concerned with him at all. I, I, he just he's just like a solid dude to me. You know, I, I don't feel I don't feel too concerned one way or the other. I just feel comfortable with him uh, with the ball. He he took some good shots, three point shot wise. He just didn't go in. You know, right. So I yep, don't know if you yep. had any thoughts on Josh Hart. Yeah, I mean, he only played 13 minutes, and you know, a lot of times in these summer league games, the coaches will really stagger the minutes from game to game. So game one, a bunch of guys might be playing 30-plus, and then game two, it'll essentially be the inverse, where guys like Hard and Kuzma are going to get a lot of runtime, and then maybe our regulars won't see as much of the floor. So um, I think with more playing time out there, he'll get into a better rhythm. But yeah, I, I was very impressed with a lot of um, you know his individual moves, like the one, like you said, where he had that fadeaway about 8 to 10 feet away. He had like, it was a jump stop, reverse pivot, fadeaway, and it was really smooth looking. Um, and you know, same thing with him as, as far as like his shot goes, it's going to fall. He shot the ball extremely well in college tonight from three. Unfortunately, he was 0 for four, but, uh, you know, that's going to fall for sure. And, uh, defensively, yeah, he looks really solid too. He's a big guard. He's six, six. I feel like he gets a lot of Derek Fisher comparisons at this point. And, you know, when you think D fish, you're like, Oh, like six foot two. It's like, no, this guy is six, six. He's big. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think tonight, very, very small sample size. We'll just have to uh, keep watching. But from what I saw, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything poorly. Yep, agree. So Kyle Kuzma, um, I thought he was pretty impressive. He had nine points, three assists, four rebounds. He, I think, was gypped on a three-point shot. It looked like a three-point shot. I guess they called it a long two. Was 0 for 3 from 3, but I think one of his long two should have been a 3. He was 3 for 8 from the field. Clearly, this guy can shoot the ball. I, I just think he needs to keep taking it because he's a good pick-and-pop yeah. option. But, I mean, the biggest thing for Kyle Kuzma was, once again, he showed the passing. And I think he had one really nice, crisp bounce pass. The guy just didn't convert it. Um, and then, you know, handling the ball in transition looked very comfortable once again. Yep, yep. And then, obviously, he had that play where he just took it coast-to-coast for the dunk, you know, felt, looked very comfortable. Yeah, he looked super, super comfortable taking it all the way. And, you know, Michael Thompson said it on the broadcast, if you watch the Laker channel, a lot of times the big guy is going to fumble it as he's gathering to dunk it, you know, that little like knee it out of bounds because he gets too anxious. But he looked extremely smooth out there, very comfortable. So, um, yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah, he had some problems defensively, looked pretty undisciplined at times, especially on the uh, pump fake on, uh, I forgot who shot the ball. Yeah, but, uh, he yeah he bit on that one for sure. It's like shot clock's winding down, just stay down, dude. You're, yeah. you're very, very tall. You don't have to do that. And he wasn't really able to body up Bryce Johnson either, so Bryce Johnson was giving him problems as he was everybody tonight. Man, Bryce Johnson <laughs> looked like the next LeBron James <laughs> slash Hakeem Olajuwon slash James Worthy, so no one's going to stop that guy. So yeah, but outside of that, you know, I'm, I was encouraged by Kyle Kuzma. I hope he has some breakout games here and there. But in terms of what we were looking at of why the Lakers drafted him, they were pretty much on display in a small sample size tonight in terms of you saw the handles, you saw the ju- outside jump shot, and you saw the passing, you know, the passing ability. Three assists, yeah. that's great. So yeah, good on Kyle Kuzma. And then lastly, let's just end with... Uh, Zubots, unfortunately. I kind of ending on a low note here, but uh yeah, I don't know what happened to this guy. I thought that he was gonna get in better shape. He just looked really soft tonight, you know, he was just putting up like these flip shots that just kept getting blocked and it didn't seem like he looked in shape, you know? It was weird. I was yep, totally agree. I I was gonna say um his conditioning did not look great and his body doesn't look all too different from last year. Um, I thought he would look a lot more solid, but, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, he, he didn't have, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of lift when he's shooting those like little jump hooks or whatever, but normally he's a very cerebral player when he's in the post and he'll go to some head fakes and some up and unders and whatever it is. And tonight it was just kind of just going to go straight up and shoot over this pretty athletic guy defending me. And then, you know, we all saw the results. Again, his block, his shot blocked all over the place and, uh, you know, running up and down the floor did, did not look like he was in the best of shape. So uh, he only played 15 minutes tonight and, um, yeah, that was that was a bit of a, a downer for sure. So yeah, that's game one. Uh, we didn't get to see PJ Dozier play, which is kind of disappointing. I hope they play him from here on out. And I'm sure they will, especially if Brandon Ingram gets sat down, which I expect him to be. So hopefully we get to see some PJ Dozier. Uh, Vander Blue, not a huge fan. He was out there looking like D'Angelo Russell wannabe with the number one and the D'Angelo Russell hairstyle. I'm like, well, this is goddamn confusing. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just bring uh J- jabari brown yeah jabari brown right let's just bring him back too oh gosh same thing he's pretty yeah he's and, pretty uh, much dwight dwight bikes oh, some God, dwight yeah. bikes the dwight bikes experience yeah <laughs> i mean he dark was, ages man he was pretty much playing that jabari brown role but looking like a poor man's third world country man's d'angelo russell out there so that was funny <laughs> um but uh yeah it was funny seeing d'angelo russell there too chopping it up with larry nance and he even went over to luke walton at the end of the game and they gave each other a hug and i'm just like sad <laughs> sad 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 yeah there's a bunch of pictures yeah, with with uh, luke walton talking to d'angelo and people like captioned this and i was just like i miss you want to come back <laughs> <laughs> Can we renege that trade? Because Lonzo can use your help. Because and this is the, my last thing on D'Angelo Russell. But I think, and you know, our last episode we did all the cap analytics of why you know we needed to trade D'Angelo Russell. So that's a moot point. I mean, there is still a case to be made that you could have still kept D'Angelo Russell if the Lakers weren't so hell bent on the two max, two max plan. Like you still could have kept D'Angelo Russell and had one max player and then ch- like another twenty million to use on some other people, right? That's where you could have kept D'Angelo. But because we want this two max plan. That's kind of why he had to go. But in the scenario where, which we wanted, where we wanted to keep the young core intact, the main reason why we wanted D'Angelo Russell was so that it could help Lonzo Ball's development. You know, as much as Lonzo Ball was going to help D'Angelo's development, we thought D'Angelo could smooth over right now the kinks that Lonzo Ball has to work out with his offensive game in terms of learning how to add some shake, learning how to navigate screens, you know, learning how to snake through defenders right and in the meantime d'angelo can pick up the slack right so i think that's the one of the main reasons why we were like man it would be so good to see these two play together because it seems like a perfect fit you know so but yeah yep we'll we'll see how the rest of the summer league goes and it's all I, good i expect good. yeah i expect lonzo ball <laughs> to, to bounce back and uh let's hope to see a, a few more lit games from brandon ingram before he calls it quits so yep i think all i'm looking for lonzo is do the same thing he was doing in the first half as far as moving the ball, pushing up the floor. That's like number one, just kind of remain status quo there as far as, you know, your style goes. Number two, when you get in the paint and you happen to break your guy off the dribble, just go for it, man. Even if you miss, it's totally fine. And then I would say defensively, just be in the right position. You know, don't don't be afraid of that screen that's coming by. And uh, at least, like, stay in front of your guy long enough so the defense doesn't have to rotate so quickly. So I think those are my three points for the game against Boston. 
Yeah, for me, it's, you know, hit your wide open three point shots, which I'm sure he'll do and be a little more confident taking them because, you know, now most defenses are going to sag on you. And then when you do get a screen and you do have a, a some daylight of space, be aggressive, you know, keep the defense on his heels, keep them honest and go in there for a couple layups or whatever and try and get some contact, get to the foul line, which he didn't do at all in game one. So I hope he just has a more aggressive mentality. And that's not to say aggressive in terms of call my own shot every time, but, you know, switch it up a little. Uh, Keep that same controlled mentality of keeping the ball moving, but also, hey, man, keep the defense honest because it's going to help all your teammates. Yeah, it's going to help everybody out in general. So, yeah, that is our game one analysis. Up next, game two. Yeah, all the teammates are great. You know, they keep telling me, keep shooting, you know, keep my head up and, you know, keep leading them. And um, unfortunately, I didn't lead them to victory again, but, you know, another game on Monday. All right, Lakers, game two. Don't call it a bounce back. We knew he'd be here. Isn't that right, Alan? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Lonzo Ball, as we expected, bounced back. And unfortunately, the Lakers still lost to the Celtics. That sucks. Boo. 86-81. But, you know, you guys just heard our 44-minute recap of Game 1. Needless to say, this second part is going to be much different than that first part. First, out of the way, you know, the sad news is that Brandon Ingram got shut down for the rest of Summer League. But, you know, given how good he looked in Game 1 and given the scare with the cramps. And look, I know cramps are very easy to bounce back from. I think they just decided to make a consensus majority decision to just shut him down. And, you know, I I would have liked to see him mesh a little bit more with Ball, especially since Ball had, you know, a really good bounce back game. And it would have been nice to see them in sync together at the same time. But given that, I don't think they needed to risk it. What what do you think? Yeah, like, why push your luck? You know what I mean? At, At this point, he walked away from one game healthy, relatively healthy, and he played extremely well. So, um... I don't know, maybe Magic just kind of got really weird vibes from what happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, in my gut, I have a bad feeling about this. Like, let's just shut this thing down. He showed out in the first game, so um, no point in getting him out there anymore. The chemistry angle I definitely get, but at the end of the day, is it really going to make a significant difference come regular season? Uh, I, I don't think so, so... Disappointing, but all good, because, you know, we saw Markel Fultz roll his ankle late in that game against Golden State, and it looked Mm -hmm. pretty ugly. He couldn't put any weight on it, so you just see uh, things like that, and you're like, ugh, like, forget it. Let's play it safe. Yeah, especially, too, because the Lakers, you know, we talked about this the other night, with the Lakers shipping off D'Angelo Russell, we need to be even extra careful about our assets, right? Because one goes down, and uh uh-oh, we don't have our premier assets on board anymore as as much as we did before you know where if you had ingram goes down oh d'angelo lonzo julius randall etc still still there but now any one of them goes down and we really feel it right and um even for tonight it was good because like we said with with ingram going down it would force the guys to step up it would force lonzo ball to be aggressive off the bat it would force kuzma kuz control to get off Nice, nice. I like that. So yeah, let's just start right there. I guess what are your overall impressions of the game in general and the the flow of the game as compared to game one, two, without that security blanket of Brandon Ingram being there as the go-to scorer? Yeah, the the game had a much better flow to it. Um, They started out on a 10-0 run on Boston and, you know, Boston already played a couple games uh, with each other in the Utah Summer League. So you would have thought that they might have come out a little bit sharper, but uh, we really had that energy going on at first. And um, 
the best part was we, for the most part, you know, sustained uh, kind of that rhythm and that style of play. Naturally, there are a few lulls here and there uh, where we just weren't quite in rhythm. Uh, maybe got a little bit sloppy at times, but I would say the difference between game one and game two was pretty significant. It was it was like 40% better, you know. Um, so yeah, we'll, I'm sure we're going to get into highlighting a couple of individuals later on, but overall... Felt way more comfortable watching this one. I had a lot more fun just as a fan. Mm -hmm. Got a lot more excited and wasn't as frustrated tonight. So overall, good stuff. No, yeah, I totally agree. I don't really have that much else to add outside of Jason Tatum's been a bad boy this summer league, and it's just unfortunate seeing him in those green sucks colors. Sucks to like him. I know. I know. It sucks to like him because we also know he's a huge, huge Kobe Bryant fan, and inside it must be killing him to wear those colors, but he has to do it because it's his job. So it's pretty much him and Isaiah Thomas. Pretty soon the Celtics are going to be- It's like a Paul Pierce thing, dude. Like Paul Pierce, huge Laker fan during the 80s and all that, and then he ends up on the Celtics, and- I don't know, man. Looks like it's history's repeating itself, of course. And if they keep building out their core, I mean, pretty soon the Celtics are going to be made up of a bunch of dudes who are Kobe Bryant fans, which is hilarious. But <laughs> it is it is what it is. It's kind of nice, actually, right? Yeah. It's like, it yeah, that's right. Cool. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, the story of the night, the two guys, obviously, Lonzo Ball bounced back and Kyle Kuzma. But let's start with Lonzo Ball because, obviously, he was the topic of contention game one. Uh, everybody was kind of freaking out a little bit. I wouldn't say too crazily, but they were worried. I was worried, you know, and even with, especially with Brandon Ingram going down, we were like, uh-oh, okay, can he shoulder the load on his own? And who is he going to necessarily pass it to now without that go-to safety blanket, like I said? So what did you think of Lonzo Ball's 11-11-11 triple-double game? It was such a Lonzo Ball game, right? We've seen it all it throughout really his career from his high school to UCLA to now. Like, that's his game. You know, you'd see these high school highlights of his duels with other big-name prospects like Lonzo Ball versus Malik Monk. And you'd look at the box score and it'd be Malik Monk with 45 points, Lonzo Ball with 23, 15, and a 12. You know, it's like such a Lonzo yeah, Ball-type yeah. game. And it was really nice, I think think for me to see him just bounce back right off the bat you know you could see there was a pep in his step tonight his dribbles were concise there was a little more shake to them he was more aggressive and he was really putting pressure on the defense by driving the ball catching them off balance and all of a sudden quickly passing it off to the open guy for layups right it was totally different than yesterday where he would drive catch himself in the air or he'd get stuck but each drive tonight seemed like there was like full intention. He knew where his guy was that he wanted to pass to. And he had a lot of bang, bang sort of moves tonight. Yeah, it was just his passing tonight, man. I mean, as opposed to last night where it was a little bit more system passing, you know what I mean? Tonight, he was really passing it to dudes, throwing throwing it to dudes and getting them the instant buckets pretty much where they didn't have to do any extra dribbles. They just literally had to put it in, you know, because the passes were perfect. And it was good to see him hit that three off the bat as well. You know, they, they called that down screen for him. Zubats with a down screen, he pops out for the right wing three and he's able to just drain it. And I think that kind of got his confidence up. But once again, I was very impressed by his driving and his aggression. You know, he had that play in transition where he did that nice little scoop-de-doo layup with a left hand that was pretty cool to see his agility and yeah the rest of the night he just was rebounding he was active and most of all I just like the pep in his step so what did you think of Lonzo Ball's bounce back tonight 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you said. And, uh, you know, most fans are going to say the passing was the most impressive thing. And obviously, I agree it was very impressive. But I'm more impressed with his rebounding. Mm -hmm. The fact that he really gets in the paint, whether it's offensive or defensive glass. And we've said before, like, it's it's interesting that he and Julius Randle kind of have a similar game as far as rebounding the ball, pushing it, getting it up and all that. The difference with Lonzo is he'll rebound it and he'll push it for like maybe one dribble and then he will pass it. Julius will pound it five, six, seven, eight times. He'll either take it himself or he'll dish it off, dish it off at the last second. Um, Man, like his activity on the boards was so impressive to me. And again, we have to remember, yeah, he's a point guard, but he's six, 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 seven wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. So he is able to get in there and he's very athletic. He's got bounce in his step. So uh, those 11 boards uh, impressed me a lot. And then obviously you see the touch that he has on his passes. It's like when Kevin Love has those little flick of the wrist outlet passes, yep. you know. Um, So that was super impressive. And, you know, oddly enough, like you said, it's like, well, I saw this all last year when I watched him play in college. So uh, this is kind of par for the course for him, which was, yeah, just really exciting. And then I do like the fact that he uh, was a little bit more aggressive getting in the paint. And it just shows you also how kind of underrated his athleticism is. He got to the cup very easily. He's like kind of floating in the air almost awkwardly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's up so high for these like little finger roll layups and stuff. And um Again, yeah, you just don't really expect it. There were a couple times where he he dished it out when he was right there at the cup. Should have just laid it in, but yeah. hey, it's okay. He knows that, like he said himself, the coaches are in my ear. They're telling me I just got to put that in. And um, what you know, what would you rather have? A guy that is way, way, way too aggressive, selfish, not thinking of others, or a guy who's a little pass happy? Obviously, I think we'll take the latter of those two. We can get him to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I took away from Lonzo. What was your favorite play of Lonzo's tonight? Because I think for oh, me dude. it was yeah, the we're gonna have the same pass? one. It's that Who's bounce pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, heck yeah, dude. A little bit, a little bit of Eng- little bit of English on it. A little bit of honestly, like there's a little Magic Johnson in that, you know. Um, oh yeah, definitely reminded me of when Coach Steve Bake told us he made one of those like cross court passes, right, right, uh, bounce pass at like 12 years old. So yeah, I mean he was literally at half court. When he made that pass, thread the needle right through the defense. It was freaking beautiful. Yeah, and he was going, like, really fast. He was going, like, 100 miles per oh, hour. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, that was that John Wall burst that we've talked about. Yeah, and, like, the three Celtics... It went through three Celtics players right to Kuzma for the easy lay, and all Kuzma had to do was turn and bank it in, you know? So, I mean, you could hear the audible gasp of amazement from the crowd when he threw that pass, and, yeah, it was incredible. And like you said, you know, for me, it looked like he was a different player tonight, you know, where I think from the get go, he knew, look, I got to step up. Brandon Ingram's not here. Every dribble was so much faster than than the last game, you know, where game one, it's pretty much like comparing Kyrie Irving to Kendall Marshall from like game one. He was kind of Kendall Marshall-y, you know what I mean? Every dribble was a little bit too conservative. Tonight, I felt very metho- like... He, very methodical. Yeah, very methodical. But Careful. tonight, he lo- he loosened the reins a little, you know? And yeah, he's doing that thing where he's like kind of skipping, kind of galloping up and down yeah, the floor. I you like know what I mean? Gallop, it, dude, dude. When, when guys do that, like, they're in a rhythm. They're feeling comfortable for sure. Yeah, and, and that's just a natural... When you start galloping, it just sets the uh, the defense up or sets you up to really shake the defense off balance, you know? 
as opposed yeah. to just kind of like dribbling it normally. So tonight, yeah, Lonzo Ball, I think it was just a mentality shift, really. And it's nice to see that when a guy says, that was my worst game ever, I'm going to be better the next game, that he really lives up to it, you know, and lives up to yeah. it in the way he did, where I'm going to be active on all sectors, on all areas of the game. And did you hear how he, he found a local high school and was getting some shots up this afternoon around one thirty or so? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's, I that's think pretty it cool. was Serena Winters. She asked him. She's like, oh, I heard, you know, you got some shots up somewhere, whatever. It's like, yeah, I found some high school nearby and, you know, that's that's just what I had to do today. And then she's like, oh, is that, you know, like people are going to make a big deal about it. Like there's that Mamba mentality or whatever you want to call it. And he was you know, typical Lonzo, he's like, no, that that's like just what I do all the time. That's nothing special. It's not because I was bad last night. That's how I am. And like, that's even more impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously the guy takes it extremely seriously and still was harping on the fact that we lost the game. He's like, I don't care about the triple double we lost. I didn't do my job. So got to yeah. be better next time. Typical Lonzo fashion, which freaking love it, man. Exactly. And he, you know, we were talking about his, his post play last game and he had that really nice back down and then drop step on the smaller guard tonight. That yeah, I was like, yeah. yo, keep honing that part of your game, you know, just as yeah. Because if you continue to diversify your offensive arsenal, it's only going to make your team better. It's only going to make the rest of your your play better because we know he's got it all. The shooting's going to come around for sure. Uh, pushing the pace and like threading these needles, making these quick whip passes off of your own drives like that's all going to be there but once you can really keep the defense honest it's like going to be over you know for me this is the first time where I saw him off his own accord and off his own dribble really getting the defense to commit to him because he was going so fast and these drives led to very easy layups where in game one these drives would kind of kind of dissipate and die you know at a certain point once he was trapped but because he kind of he was a lot more decisive obviously like he just went 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 before the defense could even figure out what he was doing and I think that that's how Lonzo's always played, right? Um, and that's what he's going to have to continue to do until he really hones his skill in the pick and roll. So very impressive by Lonzo Ball. It's going to take some time with regards to scoring, you know? Yeah, he's going to get most fine. of his buckets off transition and like hitting threes off down screens and whatnot. And that's fine. You know, people just have to realize that he's not going to be a dribble, dribble, a hezzy pull-up Jimbo kind of dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> not right and now. And even today, like, he took five threes. I believe two of those were bailout shots at the end of the shot clock. Right. You know what I mean? So a couple of those, you don't even expect him to go in anyway. So if we're looking at quality shots from distance, one for three, he got tapped on one of those, right? Mm-hmm. And then he hit the one at the very end of the game, but his foot was out of bounds. So it's like, go figure. Right. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's all good. But yeah, tonight it was just a mentality shift and it's going to be fine because if he continues to push the pace like he did tonight, he's going to get ample opportunities to not only pass to his teammates, but score for himself. And we saw that play, coast to coast play, where I think Nawaba knocked it out for the steal. And then Lonzo just takes it coast to coast for the layup himself, you know, and that's how he's going to score. And it's going to be efficient that way. And like you said, he's not going to force up a lot of shots. If anything, the, the shots that he is going to force up are the ones against the shot clock that he has to kind of bail the team out, you know? So yeah, what a great rebound. I mean, literally, right? Great rebound game yep. for Lonzo Ball. So he rolled, what is it? Rolled out of bed and got a trip dub, you know, after his exactly. worst game, worst game ever. So kudos, Lonzo Ball. There you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> what about that other dude? Who is that dude, man? Kyle freaking Kuzma. Who's freaking control? I mean, 
I didn't want to be too hyperbolic. And after we drafted him and I started to look into his tape, me and Tommy and you, we were just like, I don't know, man. This guy looks like a better version of Julius Randle. I mean, we we weren't taking it that far, (laughs) but we were kind of saying you can see why if you're projecting him out, if you can get him in now and mold him to be the player you want him to be, why wouldn't you try and project him to be someone who is a better type of Julius Randle, you know, yeah. who already has the right sort of skill sets. You don't have to change his mentality from being like a one-on-one scoring type guy. And Kyle Kuzma, man, I, we, we were saying it from the start. His shot looks good. It just It's just oh, a matter man, of it, it going easy. in. We, again, yeah, we've said it all the time. Like, it looks so good. It's just got to go in. And tonight... It went. Oh man, in. did it go in? <laughs> <laughs> he hit five threes. I, I don't tonight. remember who it was. It was either uh, I was kind of flipping back and forth between ESPN and uh, Spectrum Sportsnet, but someone was like, "You know, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like Clay Thompson, but but definitely not Clay. Definitely not Clay. But like, <laughs> it looks really nice, like Clay Thompson. But oh, it's not him though. I was like, oh my god, like you literally just took it to the best shooter ever, right. arguably. But no, nah, it it looks great. But by eye test, right? It like flows really well. It's very, it's a Absolutely. very fluid looking shot. It's just, I think all, it's honestly all about consistency. And I could tell tonight he wasn't hesitant at all. Nah, he was stroking it, man. He got that shot off really quickly, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really quickly. And even like the way it, it goes in, you know what I mean? Like it was like all net. It yeah. like didn't touch any part of the rim. You could, it seemed like there's a lot of backspin on the ball. It, yeah, it was it was a beautiful thing to see. I think uh, Robert Ori in the studio was like, you know, those other two guys referring to Julius and I guess Larry. He's like, those two those two guys better watch out. <laughs> he's gonna be taking some of their minutes. And uh, yeah, I mean, if he can keep this up, yeah, and honestly, they they better. And he was matched up against Jason Tatum and had a couple scrums with him as well, and even like knocked the ball out of bounds that from Jason Tatum when Jason Tatum was trying to take that baseline three, right? So I like that activity because if if there's any one thing that'll make Kyle Kuzma take it to the next level outside of shooting, it's going to be his tenacity on defense, right? It seems like he has the mentality to be that sort of dog. It's just he has to put yeah. it all together, become more disciplined, and hone that energy to become to becoming a real pest. I don't think he'll ever become a good rim protector. That's just not who he is. You know, he's kind of a, right now, kind of a soft type of player. But he moves laterally really well. So if yeah. he can use that and continue to polish that skill... We could use a wing defender who can guard the perimeter, you know? And yeah, that'll be the one thing that'll make Kyle Kuzma take it to the next level. But yeah, tonight, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 for 10 from 3, 1 block, 1 steal. He was the perfect roll man and pick and pop man to Lonzo Ball. I mean, what else can you say, right? When you don't have a Brandon Ingram, that's the next best thing. Someone who's versatile. He showed off his full versatility, right? Rolling to the basket, just being there, making the right cuts, popping out, shooting really quickly and shooting decisively, getting the rebound. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, everybody. Like, so I I don't know if you have anything else to say about what you, you saw. Nah, dude. I mean, I, you pretty much covered it. It was as good as it gets for sure. It's way like definitely exceeded any of our wildest expectations for any point in his rookie season. Like, I don't think any of us saw this type of type of performance coming. Um, he even attempted, he missed it, but like a sweeping hook shot in the paint. And in looking at some of his Utah highlight videos, he's shown that before. Like, he can get inside, and he has a little bit of a post game, and it's actually kind of a kind of finesse 
Um, mm-hmm. and he, he showed that off tonight and Hey, if you're going to experiment and see what works today is the day to do it, or this is like the situation for that. So, uh, yeah, even that to see him get out of his comfort zone a little bit. And yeah, defensively, I thought he, uh, played a lot better today than, uh, yesterday. So, uh, maybe he was just really up for that challenge with Jason Tatum. Whereas game one, I don't know, he was like feeling his way around or something. So definitely want to continue to see him be uh, tenacious on defense. Yeah, so Lonzo Ball rolls out of bed, gets a triple-double, and Kyle Kuzma rolls out of bed and gets 31. Like, when's the last time that someone had 31, even in Summer League? Probably just D'Angelo Russell, right? I think that's a pretty rare feat to have, you know, especially as a second-rounder. So kudos again to the Lakers for, not a second-rounder, actually, but a late first-rounder. Still late first-round, yeah. And a late first-round pick that people thought, wait, shouldn't this guy just go in the second round? And people were kind of giving the Lakers a little bit of flack. If there was any one... Yeah, exactly. Draft Express mocked him like late second round at one Mm -hmm. point in this past calendar year. You know what I mean? So him showing out at the Combine, that was... I, I guess that's not a fluke, you know? Yeah, and if there was any one guy that people kind of graded the Lakers low on, it was Kuzma because they were like, yeah, he has potential, but it's a little erratic. You don't really know like if it's reach. really, yeah. yeah, if it's really there. And you got to credit the Lakers for just seeing that potential and understanding that like, hey, well, once we bring him in, we know how to hone that potential and take it to the next level. And we've seen it with Nance. We've seen it with Zubats. And, and now we're seeing it with Kyle Kuzma because... I remember Josh Riddell from Draft Express told me if you're trying to mold a player in the new NBA, and he gave this pick like a B grade when everybody else had A's, but he was like, but if I'm just looking at objectively in terms of the skill sets he has right now and he could improve upon, like he represents the new mold stretch four, you know, type player. Who's mobile, you know, has soft touch in the lane when he drives, has some post moves, can handle the ball, can pass and can shoot. You know, all right now, all of them are just ifs. Right. But you at least know he has like a foundation for all of those skills. And all you need to do is continue to improve upon them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can half check all of those boxes. And right now we're working toward the full check. Exactly. And you don't even need to full check all five of those boxes. If you do three out of five, that's a really good player. You know, heck yeah. So, I mean, props to Kyle Kuzma. It's going to be fun to see Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma Ball. I hope he continues this, he takes this and uses it as momentum for the rest of the summer league, you know. And who knows? I don't want to go too crazy, but hopefully he stays this aggressive in terms of, I want to see more 20-point games from Kyle Kuzma. I don't want this to be like a fluky sort of game. Definitely, yeah. And, And if Lonzo Ball trusts him, Hopefully he'll be feeding him like automatically easily the next game as well. So yeah, I'm yeah, very I, excited I think to Kuzma, see this he, Kuzma's the guy who like he's running the floor too, and he has his head up and he's ready to catch Lonzo's passes. So say he's not feeling it, um, you know, on a, any given night from the perimeter, at least he's gonna get some easy buckets because he is running that floor. He's getting out on the wing, and from there that can translate to you know getting in a rhythm and hitting those three point shots. So. Yeah, he's going to have his off nights because he's a rookie and it is what it is, but he's still going to get his own, and so much of that is because of a guy like Lonzo. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, Was there anyone else of note that you wanted to touch upon? You know, Josh Hart finally got good minutes. He got 30 minutes, and he played really well. I mean, he played pretty good, 15 points. Uh, Still struggling from the outside, you know, but I I think that'll come along. One for five, six for 13 from the field, rebounded the ball well. What were your thoughts on Josh Hart tonight? I think he rolled his ankle too, right? He did, yeah. He went up awkwardly. Um, His body was kind of angled for like a Euro step and then a floater, and then when he landed on his right foot, he he rolled it a little bit, so... Mm. 
who knows what the prognosis is as far as him coming back. Um, hopefully it's not too bad of an ankle sprain, but one thing that I really noticed with him is he uses the size of his body to his advantage when it comes to finishing in the paint. He absorbs contact extremely well. He'll go up off, go up on either one or two feet. And, um, yeah, if there's a defender there, it doesn't deter him at all. Again, another really big guard. Dude's like 22 years old because he went to school for four years. So he knows how to use his body. He knows how to protect the ball and finish as well. He's got a really nice floater game. Um, that's something that, you know, if you watched any Villanova, you'll definitely recognize it. So, yeah, man, it's, I think he and Lonzo also showed quite a bit of chemistry tonight. Um, I'm so happy that he was in the starting lineup today yes. and not Vander Blue. That's the only time we're going to even say that guy's name on this episode or any other podcast in the future, hopefully. But uh, it was really good to see that. And yeah, I just felt like he and Lonzo were really feeding off each other well. And he now has that same mentality of, I'm going to push the ball up. Like if Lonzo doesn't get that rebound or if the inbound pass doesn't go to him and it comes to me, I'm going to be running and gunning it as well. So clearly the the style of play and the culture is infecting everybody, which is exactly what we want. Exactly. And hopefully he's all right because we're going to need all of these guys to be healthy for us to make a, any sort of a run, you know, in these summer league playoffs because, you know, these first three games really don't matter. It's just about seeding. It's going to be about whether or not we can win on either Wednesday when the playoffs start and how we do from there on. So, yeah, hopefully Hart's okay. And uh, I guess the only guy I want to talk about next or last is like David Nwaba. He had a really good game. 13 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Was really active. Every time this dude dunks, he's looking to tear down the rim. Shows so much emotion. Um, what did you think of David Nwaba? Yeah, he um is definitely like developing some more instincts when it comes to off-ball movement, which is awesome to see. Um, Yeah, but I agree. His aggressiveness defensively he dug in tonight for sure like Jalen Brown did not look very good which is awesome to see um and I think a lot of that had to do with uh David Mm -hmm. Nwaba playing him defensively on the perimeter um overall yeah just can't complain much about David Nwaba's game you know what you're gonna get with him and um he's always gonna play within himself he's never gonna do too much he's just a really gritty athletic guy so uh very pleased with him and and really glad that uh we picked up his option for sure for sure. So what happened to TB, Alan? What happened to Thomas Bryant tonight? He was a specter of himself. Like, literally, you didn't even notice that he was on the court. He only played, like, 15 minutes, but he, you know, just wasn't as... Yeah, he got into foul trouble tonight. I mean, there's no such thing as foul trouble in Summer League. Like, you get 10 fouls, but defensively, he was fouling a lot and, and kind of complaining, too, to the point where Kuzma kind of had to grab him at one point and be like, yo, big fella, like, it's okay, calm down. So it's not like this is a double-edged sword thing, right? He plays with so much emotion and fire and passion. Things are going well, pounding his chest. Things are not going well, kind of throwing his arms up in the air, getting a little bit frustrated. And, uh, you know, I just think that affected his overall play, which is probably why they limited his little his minutes a little bit. But also, um, I think Judd Bushler wanted to get Zoo out there as well yeah. since he had the off game. So these guys are kind of switching off, but... I, yeah, I didn't really sense the same um, energy from him, but I, I feel like it was more of a mental standpoint. He was trying, and then things didn't go his way, and then it sort of, um, you know, snowballed from there just a little bit. 
Right. It might be kind of a roller coaster experience with Thomas Bryan and just learning how to channel his energy in the right places and like reining him in when he needs to be reined in. Because like you said, sometimes that, you know, ball of energy and fieriness can be effective and positive and productive. Other times it can just be out of control, you know, so that might may have been the case tonight for sure. And lastly, we're always going to do a zoo check because, you know, he was really poor last game. But tonight, you know, I thought he moved around a little better. He did have seven points. He did have a nice block shot you know so that's good you know Zubat's getting back to being a rim protector kind of and uh it was only two for five only only played 16 minutes but you know at least it's improvement from from game one although I guess that bar is pretty low so yeah what were your thoughts on Zubats? I thought he came out with a lot better energy to start he was running the floor faster um they were making a concerted effort to get the ball to him albeit it was on a lot of post-ups like a lot of entry passes coming from Lonzo which was really interesting because I don't know, like, you just wouldn't expect us to be posting up so much in Summer League, but um, they were doing it, they were trying something there, I guess. Zoo did hit a baseline, like, 18 to 20 foot jumper at one point um, to kind of bail us out, quite frankly, and um, yeah. that was great to see, of course. At one point, um, you know, Lonzo was mic'd up tonight for ESPN, and uh, they they caught him telling Zoo, come on, Zoo, come on, come on, like, run faster, go, go. So, um you know, he definitely looked better than yesterday. There's no doubt about that. And hope that he can be a little bit more consistent and adjust to the pace at which this team is going to play. In the post, I thought he was a little bit more patient. Yesterday, he was just sort of, like, not making any moves. You know what I mean? Like, there's no counter move to anything. Got a shot blocked a bunch tonight. There were some more counters, which is good. A little bit more deceptive. Um, So, yeah, definitely better than yesterday. Totally agree with you. So with that said, that'll do it for our game two recap. You know, the Lakers are 0-2, but that's fine. They really just need to bring it when the seating is done and set. What did you think of Lonzo Ball's first dunk as a Laker? Dude, he turned he turned the Jets on. I mean, it was a bit of an Ole defense kind of thing. Sure. But he had, a, he had to burn his guy off the dribble, you know, and he was only with him. So I don't know who the heck was defending him. I think it was the guy that he did that drop step on in the post. Mm-hmm. But um. Yep. Right at about half court, Lonzo kicked it in a second, third gear, and he was just left in the dust. And I mean, at that point, I don't remember exactly what the deficit was, but the game was not like over. It's not like Boston just moved out of the way because there's five seconds left and we're going to win. There was almost a minute left. So, uh, yeah, I I love the aggression there for sure. Like he had no other choice um, at that point but to dunk it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked how easily he cuffed the ball in his hands like Kawhi Leonard-ish and then just like cocked it back and slammed it down. So great on Lonzo. And I guess one last thing we we need to, I, I want to bring up about Lonzo is what did you think about his defense? I thought he was active again. And, you know, defensive rebounding is part of defense. So obviously he was all over the place. So what were your thoughts on his defense tonight? I mean, he's he's going to continue to surprise people with the amount of deflections and tip yep. balls, um, you know, that he can make happen basically he just has those instincts you know like he'll float around just a little bit not like like Kobe Bryant floating around later stages of of his career but he just knows when like all right it's time to leave my guy for just a second see if I can make something happen with the ball handler if not I'm so long and tall like I can get back to my guy in a second and he just knows the right time to do it and I don't know how you teach that like you really can't it's just his instincts like so much of his game so um, that's something that I think Laker fans could definitely expect to see from him going forward. And I thought his on-ball defense was better today. Um, whoever he was guarding, I don't, I don't know who it was. Um, 
probably not as good, you know what I mean, as yesterday, but uh, still, he showed out there, and he even mentioned in an interview at some point that he needs to work on fighting through screens, because that just doesn't happen in college, so he has the self-awareness, and um, he has a lot of those tools to really make it happen, so uh, big improvement tonight. Yep, agree, and we're feeling a lot more positive. I mean, we were fine after game one, but seeing this game two only affirms all of our confidence in I our I think it just core. makes us happy for him, you know oh, what I mean, personally. Sure. Like, there we go, like, there it is, now you're feeling a little bit better about yourself, and everyone can just shut up basically. And, um, you know, Jalen Brown didn't play that well tonight. Tatum was really darn good, but at least in the first half, he was struggling. It was like, all right, yeah. cool. Like, there you go. Um, uh, Markel Fultz in the first half of his game was like three for eight or something. Like he didn't look that great. So people are starting to come back down to earth a little bit. Lonzo's getting better. So that's, that's good stuff. It's kind of just like getting that monkey off your back so you can really play your game and be yourself instead of feeling so tight, you know, and pressured to have to live up to people's expectations when once you get a triple-double game, it's like, all right, let me just do me now, you know? So great game for Lonzo, great game for Kuzma. Let's just get that win next time around. So uh, to close the show, Alan, there's one topic I wanted to bring up, and it's uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Dope. Because the Lakers are rumored to be serious about offering this guy a contract, whether it's probably going to be a one-year deal. And, you know, Wojnarowski has said the Lakers hope to entice him with like a one-year 17 to $20 million contract and tell him, hey, we're planning to move around some pieces in hopes to, after your one year is done, re-sign you to a multi-year contract. Once we've brought in, you know, our LeBron or PG-13 or whatever. And... So I did quick research on Contavious Caldwell Pope. I know there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot has been said about his analytics and how it's subpar. He's only shooting 35% from three and defensively he's okay, but he's not amazing. But I would encourage everyone to go on YouTube right now and type in KCP Curry, KCP Clay Thompson, KCP James Harden, because there are five minute clips, YouTube videos, KCP playing lockdown defense on Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and five minutes of him playing lockdown defense on James Harden. So, you know, sometimes the analytics will lie to you because defense is really all about effort and whether a guy sticks to plays and sticks to his man, right? These guys like James Harden or whatever, yeah, they're probably going to hit all these tough shots on KCP and the numbers will look bad for him, right? Because they're going to hit these tough shots. But if you actually watch the way he plays defense, he is tenacious. He really follows guys through screens, fights through screens, doesn't really get shook, holds his ground and always contests. So for me, KCP, if the Lakers can get this guy, they should go all in on someone like KCP. He's only 24. I know he only shot, what, 35% from three last year. But guess what? He hit two threes a game. For me, that's kind of all that matters. Like, on a catch-and-shoot basis, this guy shot a high volume of threes, and he was making two a game, you know? So for me, if he can just improve that percentage by, what, two percentage points or whatever, that's great. You know, I think Rodney Hood was only shooting 35%, but he was hitting like two threes a game as well, like a couple years or two ago. And so for me, Contavious Caldwell Pope is the type of guy you bring in not only for potential, but if you just watch him using the eye test, this guy is tenacious on defense. I, I'm telling you, just go just go YouTube those those videos immediately after you listen to this. And on top of it, if you watch his highlights, 
The one thing that surprised me about Contavious Caldwell Pope was how athletic he is. He does these crazy LeBron James like tomahawk dunks. I'm not even kidding you. Like that is his staple move. Like in transition, sometimes in traffic, he will cock the ball all the way to the back of his head and slam it down. And the Lakers need a guy like that, you know, a shooting guard like that with crazy athleticism and also someone who plays defense or is willing to play defense and then also just catch and shoot. And for me, the the prototype that I see out of Contavious Caldwell Pope eventually is like a J.R. Smith, you know, a J.R. Smith who can, a less erratic J.R. Smith who will be more focused on defense. And, you know, a couple, you know, years ago, or maybe even just past year, J.R. Smith played really good defense, you know? So uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Contavious Caldwell Pope and whether, you know, this would be a good venture for the Lakers to take. Yeah, I think it would be a good fit. I'm skeptical as whether we'd actually get him, you know what I mean? True. Um, But shoot, if we did, I would be... Almost as excited, if not exactly as excited as I would have been if we'd gotten George Hill. I'll put it right there, because I think we were all really stoked for George Hill. Um, If we got KCP, I'd probably react the exact same way. So let's cross our fingers, but at the same time, temper expectations, because probably not the only team out there that uh, really wants him. And if we can't offer him, if other teams are offering him multi-year deals, like that's pretty much it. Yeah, and like like you said, KCP is only 24, and he fits the timeline of our young core. I think that's the most exciting part of it. And it sounds like the Lakers are actually willing to try and make moves to free up space for him so that this is not just a one-year sort of deal, you know? So I think that's what makes me more, more excited than anything. Like, this doesn't seem like just another rental, you know? It really seems like they're going to invest in this kid. And yeah. he just has upside, you know? That's what I like. And honestly, just use the eye test. Don't focus too much on the analytics because this guy's athletic. This guy really hustles and tries on defense. And he's a pretty good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He just needs to be more consistent. It's, like, not anything worse than what Jordan Clarkson does, who, you know, at least Contavious Caldwell-Pope doesn't dribble, dribble, and then pull up for a three, like Jordan is apt to do. Brooklyn is probably a competitor there in terms of offering up a multi-year deal. Hopefully that's not the case. And, you know, the one thing that the Lakers do have to their advantage is the fact that KCP is a Rich Paul client. Rich Paul is also the agent for LeBron James, I believe. So there could be some sort of, like, back-channel talks happening here. (laughs) Ayo! So let's hope we can get some Contavious Caldwell dope! So, yeah. We'll see in the coming days. And, obviously, more Summer League games to come. So, yeah. Uh, With that said, thank you guys for listening. Once again, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and interview us on iTunes because the more you rate and interview us, that's how many more triple doubles we'll see from Lonzo Ball to close out Summer League, to close out the year, the full season. Let's get triple doubles. Can you imagine if he averages a triple double as a rookie? Oh my God. That's such an insane thing to say, but you know what? You guys can make it happen. Best basketball player in the history of the world. And you guys can make it happen through rating and reviewing us on iTunes. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next time. Alan, I'll catch you later. Peace. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. 
You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi! Did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi! You have high cholesterol! Hi! You're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi! There's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.